Well, hello, this is Gary, listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast recorded on Monday morning in November 14th, 2022. Weird times they are still amongst society. Still a strange era. Senate results basically fully in. It can be virtually split. The Democrats basically have a slight majority, but Republicans have a fucking quite the stronghold still. It's going to be a government that's pretty, uh, still pretty oppressive, still pretty kind of blatantly corrupt kind of blatantly leaning into very particular interests that aren't really going to have much benefit to the people. I'm all about individual liberty and pursuing your dreams and going out and getting it. Government should stay out of the way of that. You know, and, and better yet, it helps provide the basic foundations that we all need to build off of. We all rely on each other. No one is self-made ever. Ever in the history of humanity, Jeff Bezos did not create Amazon by himself. Bill Gates did not create Microsoft by himself. You know, Berkshire Hathaway, whatever the fuck, the real estate thing that Warren Buffett holds. Mark Zuckerberg did not create Facebook by himself. You know, these these billionaires with tons and tons and tons of money, they didn't, they're not self-made. It's a weird term that we use. Describe an individual human hiring people to do work for them, you know, getting investors into their company, you know, getting people to buy their product or service, you know, people being willing to invest in them means that they were self made. I don't really like how does that even, but it's a, it's a term that we still use to this day, but n- no, they, Many people who become billionaires, they, they very much benefited from the system. I mean, you have to. You have to sell yourself to the system to a pretty good deal to allow yourself to become a billionaire. You have to be willing to allow yourself to accrue massive amounts of monies that could be spent on other things that need to be done. But you have to feel that your own personal desire for more affluence is more important, that you are worthy of it. More so than other people having food and water and shelter. You deserve more affluence, more. And there's an organization that's going to fight for you. If you fall into that very, very specific category. Multi-millionaire desiring to be a billionaire someday. And then once you become a billionaire. There's an organization that will bend over backwards to protect your interests. And they're called the Grand Old Party. Republican Party. In previous generations, they had different ideology. You know, they, they were a little bit different in action. Dwight D. Eisenhower was a very different type of Republican than, say, Mitch McConnell or Marco Rubio or Ron DeSantis. Very, very different. He would be very much more in... Adam Kinzinger is more in line with sort of old-school traditional Republicans from long ago that were very pro-individual liberty 
against the sort of military-industrial complex. Dwight D. Eisenhower is one that coined the term and to warn, and warned America to be wary of a military-industrial complex, a Republican, back in the 50s. But the modern-day Republican Party, they've become very narrow in focus. And in order to achieve that narrow focus, they do indeed have to manipulate huge portions of the working-class population. They do indeed have to divide us and pit us against each other. We, the working-class people, cannot be united. We must be pitted against each other. We must hate certain groups. You know, it, it's people that are against the Republican Party that are against America, and that's the only way the Republican Party can present it. The irony, of course, is that their legislation is very anti-individual liberty. It's, it's big meddling government in all kinds of personal affairs, while not tending to the basics not tending to the real nuts and bolts kind of stuff, overlooking those things. Roads and bridges go into irrepute. Hospitals don't get funded correctly, neither do schools. But wealthy people get more money, and the GDP goes up. But the people doing all the work don't have access to health care or better skills training. So, I don't know. I value work, I suppose, you know. I work hard, but my slice of the pie is relatively small. It's enough to keep working. It's kind of the position I've been at for, well, many years now. Just just kind of accepted that that is what it is, unless some other much more wilder type of thing reveals itself, you know one in a million type of thing, you know, far more of a long shot, you know, making money is creating in some way, writing this podcast, whatever, you know, have aspirations to be a fitness trainer, so some sort of just amalgamation of all the different things I'm interested in making money off of them somehow, who knows, but in the meantime, it's just work, just to kind of stay afloat, it's barely trading water, but it's, you know, Help contribute to the economy, be a participant in the productivity. Most of that productivity generated is going to benefit the people who own the economy. You know, if you work at a restaurant, it's going to be people that own the restaurant, people that own the various vendors, the various supply chains. They're the ones that are going to get the bulk of the benefit from that business doing good and all the productivity generated and all the food served. That's especially true in corporate gigs. To charter communications, all the customers are retained and such, you know. Built the monies that that customer continues to pay, a good portion of it is going to go to benefit the corporation. It's going to be used to pay out dividends to the shareholders, the owners of the corporation, and bonuses to the executive level leadership. I may even get basically pay cuts, and I did during my time in the corporate world. There was times where, I remember one specific time where they restructured the pay so that we actually, if you, you know, retained customers really well, you would do really well in commissions. A fairly decent nominal uh, base wage of 12 to 13 an hour, all kinds of commissions on top. You can make 
close to 20 an hour just working in a call center. Not too bad. But then a new CFO took over. They restructured the pay scale to where commissions dropped pretty considerably. My, my pay dropped by about 7000 over the course of a year because of a restructuring of the pay scale and commissions. CEO that year made, you know, millions. You know, could easily have absorbed a, you know, those particular costs, but instead, you know, they wanted to free up some monies to pay out dividends to the shareholders and bonuses to the execs. If it means that the people that are generating all that revenue and helping retain it need to get paid less, basically, you know, so be it. Just, uh, it is frustrating when people vote for that. It's, it's even more frustrating when their excuse to vote for it is yada, 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 Democrats. Yada, 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 Benghazi, Hillary Clinton, socialized medicine, just these weird sort of nonspecific. Yeah, there's only two organizations. You got to pick one or the other. Why, why are you picking the one that's making life shittier? I mean, just, just stop doing that, you know. Now, there are other options. That's the thing. You know, it's not just Republican and Democrat. That's just how the news has decided to present it. They've decided that every single political race must just be two-horse race. It has to be presented that way. Yes, there are other candidates running from other organizations, but no, we, we can't hear about them. It has to be either donkey or elephant. Democrat or Republican, that's it. And then when you get to the official ballot, especially on the presidential ballot more specifically, yeah, there'll be a long list of names that you've never heard of. But why? You know, like, especially ones that are still fairly moderate. Green Party, Libertarian Party, you know, slightly left or slightly right of center. Why aren't we just... Why doesn't the news tell the, us about them and we make our own decision? Why, why do we have to be told this one or that one? But what about those ones? Well, no, they're not an option. Why? You know, we, it's like we were presented things a certain way many generations ago and we've just continued to accept it. But why? Why does it have to be one or the other? Especially when one is clearly taking advantage of that to an extreme example. I mean, their, their legislative agenda is poor. You know, one of their leaders pulls out a little pamphlet from his back pocket, kind of waves it in the air, and old white people clap. Because, yep, there it is. He, he pulled out a little slip of paper from his back pocket, held it up in the air. This is our agenda right here. Is anything real specific in there it, it doesn't really matter he, he pulled out a little prop and waved it in the air and that's going to be enough for people to vote kevin mccarthy you know because the democrats are socialists you know they're, or they're gonna steal your guns or something you know so so vote for kevin mccarthy <laughs> if Mitch McConnell, Marco Rubio, Ron DeSantis wrote, vote for those people because the other side is whatever, whatever weird verbiage they're using to describe the Democrats. They're also the organization that picked Donald Trump, and now they're trying to pretend like 
Maybe they weren't with them the whole time. They're, they're going to start trying to do that here soon. But they're just going to try to change the subject. Certain journalists are going to ask them direct questions about their long alliance with Trump. And some are just going to try to pretend like they never were aligned with them. You know. It's just weird. I think people get, like... I think people get accustomed to a certain way... And the idea of it ever being better is just, it's like it can't. Many people accept that life to be, you're born, you live, and then while you're living, you work, and then you die. And that's it. It's like there's millions that, 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 like, that is what it is, and everyone needs to abide by it or something. You know? And it's like, if that's how you want to live your life, go ahead. But it's like the government shouldn't really necessarily be mandating people work certain specific jobs or delegate them to the specific things in order to benefit certain particular economic sectors. The sectors of the economy should reflect the will of the people, really. But it's there's this uh, cohesion a little bit too much. Direct partnerships between very powerful economic interests and high-ranking government officials. You know, government officials receiving legal bribes what we call lobbying in the United States of America, but it's a bribe where, you know, a, a very particular entity will pay off a senator or a member of the House of Representatives. And the payoff is so that they vote a particular way on certain particular laws that benefit that particular entity's interests. What are some of the concerns a pharmaceutical industry may have to protect its bottom line? Healthcare is a right. And cannabis legislation. Those those are two very specific things that pharmaceutical industry is going to be concerned with. Specifically cannabis because it may be a competitor for many pharmaceutical drugs. The natural plant that can be grown anywhere here on planet Earth and has existed for a long, long time and humans have been using for thousands of years... Yes, many humans may find that cannabis is far more beneficial to them than a wide variety of different pharmaceutical drugs that are advertised on TV. So it may indeed become some sort of competition for them. Yeah. So they pay government officials to make sure that cannabis, as much as possible, stays illegal. For some cases, it may just be delaying the inevitable. You know, it is a plant that makes people feel better. So it's not really a, how do you say, individual liberty and then put people in jail for growing, selling, or possessing a plant that made them feel better. That doesn't, that's not individual liberty. You know, eventually that is, so it is inevitable that it has to be taken off the list of Schedule One drugs at some point. You know, it's a, it's a plant. You know, like, how, how do you make a plant illegal? And it's an unenforceable law, so it's become selectively enforced. And that, that So the true purpose of the law reveals itself in the actual enforcement. It's primarily a law to incarcerate minorities. That's its primary purpose. Because they're the main ones that go to jail for possession, selling, or growing cannabis. I don't know anymore. I mean, it's just, uh, 
this whole like two two organization thing you know it's just and one is just awful and the other one is like you know eh you know I've had so many conservative friends over the years that just think I'm just like passionately supportive of the Democrats because they're like the one that aren't primarily focused on protecting the interests of the wealthy we get two one is sucks it's awful you know the other one has some bright lights in it it has some shitty members too like Joe Manchin has a D next to his name but I don't you know (laughs) he's not a good politician you know he's just as bad as most of the top level Republican leadership like Mitch McConnell and Mark Rubio you know Lindsey Graham, Ted Cruz, those long list of characters there. Joe Manson is in the exact same realm, but he does have a D next to his name. You know, the, you can't be too blindly supportive of either organization. There's been some definitely people who lean Republican. They're in positions of power that revealed plenty of character. It's that one name that described the uh, January 6th incident from the perspective of Secret Service and the incident with the Trump in the car, the motorcade, like trying to grab the wheel. Just... It doesn't even sound far-fetched at all. I mean, it's crazy, absurd, but it's like, yeah, that, that sounds exactly like Trump. Can't we really believe we allowed that guy to become the president? How the fuck did he become a pass a security check. He had known criminal ties and associations going back decades. Like, it was all known about the man. He was a known fraud. But I feel like the whole Trump era was the Republican Party's like testing of how far they can push it. So they pushed it to the absolute extreme. You know, they redlined. You know, and then so they can pull back just a smidge or maybe not even worry about pulling back. They can kind of maybe just stay there. But even if they pull back just a tiny bit, it'll almost seem like they're moderate now or something, maybe to some people because they went so far. You know, you you pull back just a few degrees, you know, left of what Trump was and all of a sudden some people will view you as moderate even though you're still way out there. You know, you're still proposing putting women in jail for going to the doctor. You're still condoning minorities going to jail for growing, selling, and possessing plants. You know, you're still saying Trump won the election in 2020. There, there's still some of those around. They're, they're still a thing, you know. The Trump won in 2020 candidates are still a thing. Not all of them lost. Some of them did indeed win. J.D. Vance is going to be representing the interest of the people of Ohio in the Senate. That's really unfortunate for the people of Ohio. Maybe J.D. Vance can go back to what he was prior to becoming a Trump sycophant when he was a critic of Trump. And maybe he'll just be able to apologize for being a political opportunist and lying to people just serve his one term, but maybe do his one term where he actually does his job. Might be naively optimistic, though. It seems that, um, you, you know, he got elected because he aligned with Trump. And, you know, he, he saw that there was still a strong contingency of that kind of thing. So that's what Ohio is going to have representing them in the Senate.
Trumpism. So kind of a leaning into lying to people and manipulating people, demonizing all those that oppose the Republican Party and the Trumpism message. Going to cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations, not do a whole lot of else, but uh, there will be the passing of draconian laws that are going to lock women in jail and minorities in jail. So that's what Trumpism is. It's uh, the American form of fascism. So some of those candidates still did indeed get in. There's some Republicans that are just extremely conservative. There's some that are that embraced Trumpism, American fascism. There's some Republicans that are old school Republicans. And therefore very against an overzealous, big, massive, oppressive government. Because they are very pro-small government. It gets a little tricky. You know, because so the Republican Party is a, is a fairly big umbrella right now, but the, the way too strong of a faction is the embracing of the Trumpism thing. You know, they are the organization that picked him. And many of the ones that went along with that are still indeed in power. The pro-Trumpism thing. The let Trump be Trump folks, you know. The let's pick a game show host to be the president. The we don't take this seriously at all. We know we're not going to have the will of the people, but it doesn't matter. All we have to do is win the electoral college and our candidate becomes the president. He will absolutely 100%, given who he is, cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. He will absolutely sign that bill. He'll have no issues whatsoever with that. He's notorious for doing anything he can to get out of paying taxes. He famously avoided paying taxes for nearly 20 years because he lost so much money, supposedly, whatever, as the owner of some entity. An entity that borrowed money from other entities, the entity lost money, but it was after the value of his particular investment went up because he got investments from outside investors, so the value of the entity went up, but then the value of the entity went down, thus decreasing the value of his investment. How much money did he really lose? He only lost whatever his initial investment was. Effie even lost that in fully. In some cases, his companies went through restructuring, and he was able to retain some sort of allowance, in some cases $400,000 a month, that didn't count as income in some cases. It's very strange how... You know, you can claim like business losses while still the money received as just rev income was like different, but it wouldn't it wouldn't offset the losses. You know, you suppose he quote unquote lost money, but it's really just you lost value. But either way, it, fucking the system is definitely rigged. It is. It's rigged for you know idiots and dumb shits like. Trump, you know, people born into wealth and affluence who are just schmucks, don't really give two fucks about anything except making more money and accruing more power and fame, and they'll do anything to get it. There's all kinds of preventative measures to make sure that they stay on the top, no matter how many times they fuck up. And Donald John Trump fucked up Royal plenty of times, and that's what he was famous for, being a fuck up. And he was rewarded with those series of fuck-ups over several decades 
by becoming a host of a game show in the early 2000s. He was quite famous, famous for being a fuck-up, but bless their hearts, there was many folks that didn't know that. They thought he was famous for being successful because he had his name on a tall building in gold. So they thought he was successful, and they didn't know that, nope, he was just born into wealth, and when you're born into wealth, you can do whatever the fuck you want and pay little to any consequences at all because you can hire a team of lawyers to protect your interests. So even when you overtly fuck people over just for the sport of it and they sue you, you can just drag the case out indefinitely, draining the plaintiff's resources so they just have to settle for an amount that's less than what you originally agreed to pay them. And even though that total cost is more than it would have been just to pay them what you originally agreed to pay them anyway, you get to say it's a win because they definitely lose. In some cases, they have to declare bankruptcy because they made the unfortunate mistake of doing business with Donald John Trump. And this happened time and time again. That's what he was famous for. It's what he was famous for, you know. It's that kind of elephant in the room thing. It's it's a tough it's a tough one. You know, I've had a few conversations with folks that kind of admit that are in kind of my age bracket. Some cases a little younger, some cases a little older. Kind of admit in some form or another that they're Trump, and then the the kind of sheepishness they get sometimes, or defiance. It's very strange, the emotions that some people express when it's like, I'm struggling to respect you in this moment when you admit that you're a Trump supporter. You know, how how do you not know that that guy's a con man? What have you been doing with your life? You know, like, what's going on there? Why do you not know that about the man? Like, God bless him. Don't wish Trump any ill will. He just needs help. He needs a lot of help. He needs to be institutionalized. He should not be given the levers of power at at all. Of any kind, really. He's a very disturbed man. You know. He embraced a very particular path a long time ago, and he fully embraced it and never looked back. You know. I relate to it, though, a certain degree. I embraced a certain path as a young boy. I went through confirmation in Methodist Church when I was about 11 or 12 years old. Needless to say, I haven't lived a uh, very straight-edge life. I'm by no means a saint, and nor do I really want to be a straight-edge person. So that's why it's weird to me that a person like me has to tell people that Trump is bad. Why do you not know that? Why do you not know that Trump is a con man? What is that about? Why is that a thing? Why are you going to church every Sunday and then not knowing who Trump is, really? What's that about? Why is your defense of supporting an antichrist something to do with Hillary Clinton? What? Huh? No, no, no. Come on now. A strong, confident alpha female doesn't mean she's an antichrist, okay? Now, Hillary Clinton was a strong alpha female. People get confused sometimes, and they think that's, like, evil, simply because she's an alpha female. She's better than most men at her job. Yeah. Clearly and obviously, she would have been better at her job than Donald fucking Trump. (laughs) 
He's one of the worst amongst us. That's what he was famous for. It's like his entire story, while it was being told throughout the entirety of my life, was more like, there's a different set of rules for wealthy people. And that's kind of what his story was for me the entire time. You know, I was born on a Navy base. My parents were enlisted in the Navy, lived in a trailer park for a while, base housing. When I was about 11 or 12 is when they got a house built that they still live in to this day. But pretty humble beginnings, you know. Town I'm from, it's all about, yeah, you, you just have to work. Work constantly. If you're lucky enough, just put some away. Maybe someday you get to eventually stop working and do what they call retire. If you serve in the military for 20 years, you can retire after 20 years. And then you will, uh, you know, start a second career. You definitely got to work for it. But Trump was different. Every time he was in the news, it was because he had failed again. He had fucked up again. But he was just, there'd be a new one. Quick enough, within months. And then that one would go under within less than a year sometimes. Sometimes there was these big, huge, massive announcements. Oh, he's making his comeback. Taj, Trump Taj Mahal in Atlantic City. I think it was within two years it was bankrupt. He didn't know how to manage a business so that it earned a profit, which is the main purpose of a for-profit entity. And that's how they were structured. You can structure your organization differently. There's a wide variety of different ways to structure organizations. He structured his organization as a for-profit corporation, a very particular type of corporation that's purpose is to earn a profit, and he failed at doing that. Then he would structure certain entities as a not-for-profit, but then not do that. You know, you, you would create a foundation that's marketed itself and created itself and structured itself in the, for tax purposes as a foundation, a philanthropic entity, but it was not that. It was purely a way to reduce his taxable income. It just... <laughs> and he's still free right now. He's still, like, campaigning to be president in 2024. He's not already in under some kind of something <laughs> like no bail nothing like he's still roaming around absolutely free he stole government documents and then didn't return them he may still have some they think he's still free yeah, it, it, just amazing you know it, I I I don't know how far society can go when that kind of ideology is embraced so enthusiastically. What Trump represented, a violent authoritarianism, corruption, vindictiveness, cruel. You know, and people embraced it, you know, and, and some of that ideology is still in the government. You know, it's not the entirety of the Republican Party, but it's a lot of it, you know, and... How do we get away from it? How do we dissipate from such negative energy, which is what Trump embodied? For the folks that think that Trump was sent here by God, sure. What do you really believe in? Who are you really? There's many Christians that have been thinking for decades now that in order to be a good, good, good Christian, you must vote for people with Oz next to your name. Hmm. Trump should have, should have tested that theory. 
He did indeed have an R next to his name. He used to have a D, and he used to have a lowercase r, if you will, for reformed. He's had many different letters next to his name, switching political affiliation as the wind blows in order to find the right opportunity. And he did in 2016. An organization had kind of lost its way. It was losing majority support. You know, the country was just kind of going in a more step-by-step incremental, let's try to move forward kind of mindset. And their agenda was very much, no, let's go backwards. And, then, and in fact, that's what his campaign was. Let's go back in time. Let's go back to the old good old days when there was racial segregation. That's an inherent thing. Uh, anytime you're talking about the history of the United States of America, anytime you're talking about going backwards in time, you are talking about going to a more oppressive era for many peoples in this country. And that's what it would mean. You know, Certain things were great, wonderful. What about the other stuff that was hell? Okay, we don't want that anymore. We're not going backwards. The United States of America wasn't better in the past. Stop thinking that. That nostalgia can get a little dangerous sometimes because you're, you're missing stuff. And the fact that we have to like specifically point it out to you and then you're like, oh, I don't want to hear about that stuff. Well, it's part of our fucking history. Sorry, sometimes we have to specifically point it out to you because when we try to ingratiate into the whole of history, you, you like it's like doesn't get absorbed properly or something. So sometimes it has to be specifically pointed out, you know, critical race theory, because it's a part of our history. Race relations is a very big, big, big part of our history. How various peoples have been treated by people people in positions of power, you know, it's, it's, it's in a very important part of our history of the peoples of the United States of America to understand the various race relations. Peoples of African descent back in the 18th, 19th century in this country were considered property, you know, and, and some of the remnants of that ideology still remain to this day. The idea that certain groups should be and can be subjugated based off what they look like or what their religion is or whatever other sort of attribute that the person in the position of power decides is un-American for whatever reason, you know. There's still way too many people in the year 2022, you know, in the United States of America that are embracing such idiotic concepts, you know, that you need to, like, put this group down because of whatever it is. What would be the reason that I would be put down or outcast? Well, because I'm weird. A, you know, I have epilepsy. Back in the day, people with epilepsy were, well, thankfully it's not as harsh as it was back in certain times. Middle Ages, Dark Ages, uh, you know, if you're living in certain parts of the world and you have epilepsy, people might think you're possessed by the devil or something. And so people, sometimes they'd be burned at the stake. So, uh, thankful it's not quite that kind of extreme, you know, but I don't really think our society's too far off. Sometimes people do have very strong reactions to me, uh, and probably other people with epilepsy too, maybe, you know, because it's just different brain fires in a different way and you know it's um yeah 
I think anytime you're like a position, person in a position of power with a gun or something just is suddenly intervening in your life, it can create anxieties and a little bit of stress. And sometimes how you react can make them only escalate tensions because they're trying to escalate tensions. And I've certainly had those sort of encounters with police officers where because you know, I'm quote-unquote acting suspicious or whatever that means, you know, I'm standing with my hands in my pockets. And uh, to a police officer man with a gun, that seems suspicious, you know. I've seen videos of it all the time where, you know, there'll be a person, when I saw it was a guy picking up trash on his college campus, and then police officer, officer man feels the need to intervene and to ask, start asking questions as to why he's doing this. And, you know, there's a lot of that, kind of authority figures sort of intervening in regular people's lives, meddling in all kinds of stuff. Why are you doing that? And I need, an, I want an investigation as to why you're doing that. Meanwhile, other people can do all kinds of stuff, fully out in the open. That's blatantly illegal. And it doesn't matter. Like, Republican Party's organization that supports laws that say, if you're... You saw a woman go to the doctor the other day. You want to know why. You can inform a government agent and they'll have an investigation as to why the woman went to the doctor. And if it was discovered that she had an abortion, criminal charges may be pressed. There's people that support that. But if a person steals government documents and they used to be the president... They steal government documents and then don't return them. That's totally acceptable. If that person encourages people to commit violence on their behalf and they do indeed do that, A-OK. If that person says there's fraud in the election and is basically participating in fraud, attempts to overthrow the results of the election, totally acceptable, says the Republican Party. This sort of Christian values organization. But if a woman goes to the doctor... Government man has a right to know why and has a right to investigate as to whether she's worthy of going to the doctor and getting procedure that she needs to get done or not. Yeah, there, there needs to be criminal investigation as to why women went to the doctor. Time and energy spent must be on that. But Donald John Trump cannot face any sort of consequences for the behavior that he engages in. That's blatantly illegal. It's just, um, that's what the Republican Party is, though. Regular people, poor people especially, and women, need to be suppressed, pushed down, constantly meddled with and fucked with and harassed all the time. Wealthy white people, though, born into privilege who are in positions of power, they should be able to do whatever the fuck they want and be given more power, really. That's what they are. (laughs) Republican Party has really leaned into that last few years. God bless those folks that still watch Fox News every single day. I wish they would just turn off the Fox News. Just stop streaming in the conservative bullshit. Just turn it off. What you turn into instead... Why don't you just maybe turn into life? Tune, you know, try some varying paths from time to time, maybe. Cross paths with some different folks, just live, 
Breathe in through your nose. Breathe out through your mouth. Just, maybe just focus on breathing. Interacting in the world, in the world, but choose a different path from time to time. So you'll just cross paths with different folks without streaming in the Fox News conservative. You just unplug from it for a while, several days at least, I would say. Don't worry about what the new input is. Just focus on inputs from the world. Just regular, you know, people walking around, driving around. As you start feeling certain, like, terms coming in your head, breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. You start feeling like you see something in the wild, in the real world, and it reminds you of something that you heard a few days ago on whatever. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Calm your mind. Allow yourself to breathe and focus on breathing. It's okay to focus on that from time to time. I would say, especially if you're driving on the freeway, you should be able to be breathing at a nice steady pace. You shouldn't really be... If you're breathing like that, if you're kind of white-knuckling it, you're probably falling a bit close, I bet, or someone's falling too close behind you. I see a lot of that on the road. It's amazing how many people drive on a freeway and they're one second, less than a second, behind the car in front of them. They're all going the same damn speed. Just increase your following distance to two seconds. It's pretty fucking easy. Why is it so fucking difficult for people to follow two seconds minimum? Two seconds. Time. Not not car lengths. You're two car lengths behind a car that's going 70 miles an hour. You're following way too fucking close. You know, what's the distance? It, it, your distance varies depending on your speed. Two seconds. Okay? There's all kinds of little markers along freeways that you can use to, to kind of count. Thousand one, thousand two. That's bare minimum. So you pass the mile marker. As soon as the car in front of you passes, passes it, you go, thousand one, thousand two. Like, you should be finishing the two before you pass that marker. If it's the thing passing, the car in front of you passes that mile, thousand what? Before you even finish the one, you're already passing that marker. Take your foot off the gas. Don't worry about braking necessarily. That That's kind of the thing. If you have a two-second following distance, you don't need to brake all the time. Why are you braking on a freeway? There's so many cars on the road, though. So drive slower, dumb shit. Take your foot off the gas, okay? And you might have to drive, if everyone drives like five miles an hour slower, then you can all maintain that speed. I know, it's kind of crazy. But the main thing is the two-second following distance. That's it. That's all you got to do. It's pretty fucking easy. If you have two-second following distance, all you have to do is take your foot off the gas. You don't have to brake. Your car will slowly ease down instead of having to come to a sudden jolt. But... <sighs> be pretty amazing if we could figure out how to drive on fucking freeways. But, this man, it's amazing how many folks that don't. Man, when you see those others that do, it's, yeah, it's like, it's neat. You see that, that little car with the nice big bubble of space around it? He's like, oh, yeah, I see you out there. I feel what you're doing. I'm, I'm right with you. 
no, it's just, it's not a race. I mean, there's no uh, award for getting to the thing first. So I, I beat you to the thing. Yeah, go ahead. If I'm in, I like to just chill out in the slow lane lately. There'll be little opportunities to pick up the speed. But it's amazing how many people will, like, accelerate towards a red light. Or accelerate towards, it's like a wall of cars in front of them. They're all going kind of similar speed. They're, there's no open lane. And they're, like, accelerating. They're zipping by me. And like, where are you going? You know? You're just going to have to hit your brakes. Hurry up and hit your brakes. But that's... It's like that mindset, it, it, it's like the economy in microcosm or something. You just accelerate, break, accelerate, break. You, you, you know, you can't maintain a nice steady groove or a pace or, or good flow or kind of change directions from here and there easily. You, you, you know, you've got to be kind of white knuckling it, stressed out, anxious all the time. Our society almost, you know, the economy almost requires it. There's so much productivity that needs to be generated in order to benefit the people that own the economy. The people that own the economy are about, you know, less than 5%, really about 2% of the population. They get the bulk of the benefit. GDP goes up. That means the value of the estates of the 2% is worth more now. That's what GDP going up means. It means that we, the people, are generating a lot of productivity that the owners of our economy get to enjoy now. It doesn't necessarily mean quality of life is going up. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's easier to buy food and wa get water and shelter and that kind of stuff. Why worry of those such things, you know? Why would we need to worry about food, water, and shelter in this country? There's millions of people that seem to not. It seems to be a primary platform of a very popular political organization. Healthcare should not be a right. Education should not be a right. Women should go to jail for going to the doctor in certain cases. Poor people should go to jail, minorities too, for growing and selling possession plants. Wealthy people should get more money. That's like that's like the legislative agenda of one of the two options, and they're very popular. You know, like they get a ton of people to vote for them on that. That, like, that's what they do when they get power. It's like, fuck. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know what... The libertarians, you know, leave a lot to be desired with me, but at least it's just like, you know, they seem more practical as far as conservative, more of a classic definition of conservative. I mean, I'm all about conservative spending, you know. But, meaning, like, Focusing on things that are essential and needed and must. So, like, you know, healthcare. Yeah. Pe human beings doing work need healthcare. They need it. We, we need to be able to access healthcare. A very particular sector of the economy doesn't need to always exist, you know? Like, there used to be a lot of companies that made steam engines. There's a very th robust industry in this country. You know, making train steam engines because trains were like the way to get around, you know. But then, you know, the car was invented. So steam engines became less of a thing. That ind industry kind of started going away. If our society starts deciding that healthcare is right, and we start paying for hospitals directly, 
Health insurance, that very particular type of product that exists that you can buy in our economy, starts becoming far less relevant. Fewer people buy it. Fewer people find the need to have that particular product. That product is no different than a TV or, you know, a car or a sofa or whatever, except it's insurance, so it's not really a physical thing, but it's no different than any other type of insurance product. There's many different types of insurance products. You have life insurance, term life, whole life, universal life, and variable universal life. You have disability, casualty insurance, uh, renter's insurance, you know, fuck. So all kinds of insurance. So one very particular type of insurance product is health insurance. And it's one where you pay a monthly premium. And then when you go to the doctor, they pay a portion of the bill. So in a society where healthcare is a right, what would be your demand for health insurance? That, that very particular type of product. You're going to pay them $200 a month to pay a bill that you never get. Would you keep paying them money? Most likely not. So yeah, that very particular product would eventually just go away. Would there still be insurance? Of course. Those particular companies, most likely many, or at least should, would start differentiating their product, going into long-term care, disability insurance, and offer also promoting more of the life insurance products that they have. Those would become more popular. You know, because now they would also be even more relevant. There would be a higher percentage of the population that would be healthy and educated, thus higher income potential, longer lifespan and all that kind of stuff. So life insurance becomes a more lucrative industry for the health insurance insurance sector as a whole. So worrying about that one very particular product most likely going away in the future is not really an excuse to not fund healthcare as a right, you know. We can do that. We can totally afford it. Uh, no, it doesn't mean raising the taxes on regular people. There's not really any necessity to do that. There's not enough money from that anyway. The bulk of the money would, of course, come from marginal taxes, wealth taxes, and estate taxes. The taxing of the indulgence, the overindulgence, the obvious overindulgence, the obvious overindulgence that we regular people have somehow... I, I <laughs> too many of us have been misled into thinking is like all those monies that the billionaire class has was earned solely and one hundred percent by them, and I don't know how we can reframe that thinking. Uh, the news certainly goes along with it a lot of times, and just how information is presented about the billionaire owner class where their money comes from how they get it what capital gains is and stuff like that there's a lot of miscommunication on where that money comes from that goes to those people there's a lot of people that genuinely 100% think that Jeff Bezos earned 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 every single penny and he, then he has zero justification to pay one penny more in taxes. There are real-life humans that think that. 
the owner of a company that treats its employees like dog shit. <laughs> a company that uses the infrastructure of the United States of America to deliver its goods and services. It very much use, wears and, you know, creates wear and tear on our infrastructure that does indeed cost money to repair and stuff that they're, they seem to not really be paying anything into. So we do, the working class people? Why? Why do we have to pay for Amazon? They get enough in revenue. They, sh they can afford to pay a tax bill. If they have to adjust the amount that they pay in dividends, fine. They have to adjust the amount that they pay in bonuses to the execs, fine. That entity needs to figure it out. If them restructuring means that there's different companies that sell products online that they can then deliver to your home, well, there are other companies. For whatever reason, media and sometimes even news just goes along with free advertising for fucking Amazon. It's just like millions of people go along with it. It's a multi-billion dollar entity that allowed Jeff Bezos to fly in a rocket ship. That's it. That's its fucking purpose. Okay? It's like they sell shit. It's a fucking store. You know, there's plenty of fucking places you can buy stuff. But, you know, get people's like, Thing with they going out live, but there's plenty of online markets and stuff, and it's like they're not the only one. It's certainly not the best one. They're just the biggest and it's most soulless. Yeah, yeah, fucking hate it. seeing new Amazon locations. Ugh. Too big and massive of an entity. They need to be taxed properly, and if that entity can't handle a tax bill, then they're too fucking big. They're, they're generating massive, massive revenue, and they do use huge portions of that to benefit its shareholders and its execs. No, the employees don't get really great benefits or great pay and live great lives. No, the job is not highly fulfilling. Yes, those employees will eventually be replaced by robots. We all know that. Come on. Like, yeah, the, the factory gig type shit will all be automated at some point. The people that own those entities will certainly go in that direction. They're trying to make their, many of them probably know and understand at least whether they want to admit to or not that yes, the productivity and the revenue that those companies create is indeed generated by a vast working class. If none of the people have any money, well then they can't, you know, buy anything that's made, you know, if, if, if everything is automated and you don't have any people working in the factories, well then what are the people doing to make money to buy the things that are made in the factories? This is the, so, but how far can you push it? <laughs> how far can the economy be one that is almost entirely benefiting a very tiny percentage that still enough people go along with? And I think we're kind of reaching that point where we, the people, can just decide to not work, you know, at various corporate things. We collectively can just say, no, we're, we are not working today. We Hundreds of millions of us, you know, what is Republican government man going to do? Send in the authorities to demand people go to work or something? You know, like what if every single McDonald's location around the country didn't have a single employee show up for work? Would McDonald's start paying their employees appropriately? It's an entry-level job. It wasn't meant to be a living wage. Blah, blah, blah. Human beings are human beings and they have every right to demand change, you know. I don't care how old you are or what your skill set is. 
if you're working for a multi-billion dollar company, you should be able to be paid appropriately. It's, and I don't really, I don't understand the objections. And so if, if the workforce of McDonald's decides we want benefits and they collectively, just all collectively, and that's, that's the thing. It requires a certain unity. What would, how would McDonald's react? How would various communities aid and assist in, you know, lots of, you know, probably fairly young people, but a, a wide mix of people in McDonald's workforce not working for a bit and, you know, do we get uh, new restaurants going? You know, new locally owned places to replace McDonald's locations? If it goes on long enough, you know, we have to fulfill that demand somehow for a quick cheeseburger. If you have the ability to work at McDonald's, it's not really too much more to be able to work at a, a local burger joint that could pay you probably a smidge more hourly plus tips and stuff why not you know and then once you do that it's it's not really it's pretty easy incremental jumps to different levels of cooking and stuff and you know like I don't know I think uh, we the people do have the power it's how we spend our money and such and not just voting decisions. I hope we start making better ones. I'm cautiously optimistic that we're in a going to start entering a transition phase. I think the Republicanism thing, Trumpism thing, it's, it will start dissipating. Republicans will still be around, but I think they will start shifting here soon. There, there, there will be more moderate ones that start coming back, new ones that haven't been around before. Lindsey Graham... Mitch McConnell, their reign will come to an end eventually, you know. Hopefully it's not because, just because they die, you know. They don't just linger in the Senate until they're 90-something-year-old men, like uh, Storm Thurman or whatever. Hopefully it's not like that. Hopefully they just get voted out at some point soon, like next election. Those states get better representation. Hopefully, you know. I'd like to see the Republican contribute. Senate control be more like 20, Democrats at maybe like 45, the remaining 35, a wide collection of different groups, independents, Green Party, Libertarian, maybe even a few, just a big mix of people. So there's not really any one organization that has complete majority control, you know, there's 300 plus million people in this country, you know, like we got to start having more than two. It's kind of crazy. Sports leagues certainly have more than two teams, you know. we got a political system that's the Globetrotters and the Washington Generals every single election. And sometimes the, we just allow the Generals to win, even though they're not as good. You know, you got to stop doing that. All right. Well, stay safe out there. God bless. This is Gary. Thinking out loud.